People worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 31. In thee, O Lord, have I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness. I'm so sorry, I have to look it up. I pulled up Psalm 6. Give me a moment. Sorry, uh, Psalm 31. Okay, oh, I have it now. Goodness. Sorry. <laughs> I'm here. Aliyah, I'm I'm sincerely sorry. You were correct in that and I was wrong. It's Psalm six and okay. twenty six. I had looked at the wrong cell today. I sincerely apologize. Uh, sorry, folks, right. let's go ahead and so begin again with Psalm six. Page three forty eight. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine indignation, neither chasten me in thy displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul also is sore troubled. But, Lord, how long wilt thou punish me? Turn thee, O Lord, and deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death no man remembereth thee, and who will give thee thanks in the pit? I am weary of my groaning. Every night wash I my bed and water my couch with my tears. My beauty is gone for very trouble and worn away because of all mine enemies. 
Away from me, all ye that work iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my petition. The Lord will receive my prayer. All mine enemies shall be confounded and sore vexed. They shall be turned back and put to shame suddenly. Psalm 26, page 370. Be thou my judge, O Lord, for I have walked innocently. My trust hath been also in the Lord, therefore shall I not fall. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try out my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is ever before mine eyes, and I will walk in thy truth. I have not dwelt with vain persons, neither will I have fellowship with the deceitful. I have hated the congregation of the wicked, and will not sit among the ungodly. I will wash my hands in innocency, O Lord, and so will I go to thine altar. That I may show the voice of thanksgiving, and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, and the place where thine honor dwelleth. O shut not up my soul with the sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty. In whose hands is wickedness, and their right hand is full of gifts. But as for me, I will walk innocently. O deliver me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth right. I will praise the Lord in the congregation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the sixth verse of the second chapter of Hosea. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up your way with thorns and wall her in so that she cannot find her path. She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. She will say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then it was better for me than now. But for she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine, and oil, and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Therefore I will return and take away my grain in its time, and my new wine in its season, and will take back my wool and my linen, given to cover her nakedness. Now I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and no one shall deliver her from my hand. I will also cause her all mirth I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her sabbaths, all her appointed feasts. And I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, of which she has said, these are my wages that my lovers have given me. So I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. I will punish her for the days of the ba Baals to which she burned incense. She decked herself with her earrings and jewelry and went after her lovers, but me she forgot, says the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness, and speak comfort to her. I will give her her vineyards from there, and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there, as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me husband, and no longer call me my master. For I will take from her mouth the names of the Baals, and they shall be remembered by their name no more. In that day I will make a covenant for them, with the beasts of the field, with the birds of the air, and with the creeping things of the ground. Bow and sword of battle I will shatter from the earth to make them lie down safely. 
I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. It shall come to pass in that day that I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. The earth shall answer with grain, with new wine, and with oil. They shall answer Jezreel. Then I will sow her for myself in the earth, and I will have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. Then I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people, and they shall say, you are my God. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit circumcised, that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other in mind, that, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord God, who seest that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. My sincere apologies for the uh, kerfuffle early there with the uh, Psalms. Um, thanks to Aaliyah for catching that. Um, we begin tonight in the Psalms, in Psalms 6 and 26. Um, they contrast really curiously because uh, we kind of good, good to start with 26. 26 has the same kind of literary form and poetic form of a, a well-known form of Egyptian poetry from the time that these were likely written um, that was that, that referred to kind of the confession that a soul would make um, in the afterlife before the gods um, attesting to their righteousness. And it's, you know, there's, an, there's always an interplay in the poetics of, of adjacent cultures and Israel and Egypt definitely had a lot of um, uh, interaction with each other. And, and, and you know, see, you see in this Psalm 26 here, these sort of series of affirmations and, and attestations to the righteousness of the one making them. Basically, it's a way of summarizing that they have uh, upheld righteousness um, and they have, they have embodied righteousness and practiced righteousness in, in, the, in their life. Um, and thus they will be able to stand firm in the congregation of the righteous, which is a throwback to the beginning of the Psalter in Psalm 1, um, that the one who loves the law of the Lord will be able to stand in the congregation of the righteous, um, but the wicked will not be able to stand um, at the judgment day. And so uh, you have that contrasted, of course, with this you know, bitter confession that is Psalm 6, which has to do with the, a realist sense of one's inner infirmities and, and the weakness of uh, one's ability to uphold righteousness and to practice goodness um, and to endure affliction uh, and, uh, it, you know, and reflects much more the messiness of a person who's, who's sort of, you know, encountering their own frailty. 
so holding these things in tension with each other is difficult. And one of the ways I think it helps us to look at these is that Psalm 26 is the is the kind of the the posture of the of the perfect worshiper, the perfectly penitent and um, and righteous person before God, which is likely no one praying this psalm. Um, and you know, it, it sort of it becomes a riddle in that way. It becomes its own kind of question as to who can pray this psalm with integrity. Who can pray this psalm with perfect, with uh, with you know, kind of an uh, an honest heart? And in praying it, you know, we we realize how much we fall short of any or all of the tenets of that psalm. Uh, and Psalm six is our is our sort of our, our the, the way we look at that is you know it push it kind of puts us pushes us you know inward into the secret place um, beneath even if we might achieve a kind of ceremonial righteousness that Psalm twenty six could could be taken to articulate. Anyone who meditates on Psalm 26 knows that beneath the surface of that outward obedience, ah, gosh, it's a, it's another game entirely. It's another another world under there um, where we have lots of conflicts and compromises of the heart. Um, and so, as we as we look at that, um, that's kind of that's you know where we get into the prophetic indictments of Hosea, um, where we, we look at uh, you know the, the oracles that Hosea pronounces over the southern kingdom of Judah have to do uh, are cast in a nuptial uh, metaphor. And by that, we mean it's kind of a God that speaks to Israel as a spouse, um, which is understood, you know, by under the covenant to be a kind of marriage between God and his ancient chosen people. And this is a pervasive image throughout the whole Old Testament and continuing into the New Testament, that when we think of faith, we can't think of it as a kind of abstract um, kind of cognitive um, property or, right, or a disposition. It has much more to do with fidelity, like we would, um, as a term we might use in in a relationship, in a, in a marriage specifically, is one faithful in their marriage. Uh, and that kind of changes the whole tenor of the thing. It personalizes it. It changes morality from that which, you know, is sort of an abstracted goodness in a philosophical way, and instead returns us to seeing faith, you know, goodness and righteousness as that which um, upholds the integrity of a marriage, of this of this deep communion, this intercommunion. And so what we see here uh, in Hosea is that God is indicting uh, Judah for its infidelity. He says, you have gone off and acted with other gods um, as an unfaithful spouse does with her lovers. And I'm charging you with adultery for that reason. And this, stand, this charge stands, he says, but even so, um, I will restore you. I will not, as the law prescribes, put you to utter death forever. Um, that that I will I will redeem you and I will bring you back to myself. Um, but you know, but you but we can't. In order for there, that redemption to mean anything, it has to be on the heels of the revelation that yes, I know about your infidelity. Um, you know, we have we, we always remember that you know forgiveness comes after a, a after contrition, right? Um, it's it's difficult for us to journey into forgiveness, the experience of it ourselves or the offering of it to another without the experience of like sorrow that something wrong has been done. And this is what that or that prophetic oracle is about. And it says, you know, not only are you have you done this in outward ways, but even, you know, even in ways where you have performed your ritual obligation to me, you still have this corrupted heart. And that becomes the real problem. And so it's like you need a new heart before you can uh, you can really substantially change and it puts us back in psalm 6 and 26 right that even if you could pray in a kind of ceremonial way psalm 26 and not immediately know you were kind of being hypocritical psalm 6 just calls you back to say ah but there's more to this story here 
And of course, that leads us to St. Paul's, uh, you know, charge to the Galatians in chapter five tonight, which has entirely to do with him, him telling them, don't return to this kind of righteousness that um, that depends upon these kind of outward um, sort of ceremonial pur- purities and in so doing, in obsessing over those things, ignores the transformation of the heart that needs to take place within. He goes, that didn't work ever for our people. He goes, and he's talking to a Gentile, Gentile audience as an expert rabbi here who knows the whole history of Israel and, and says, look, like this thing they're telling you to do to get on board with, we, we've been doing it for thousands of years. And what the point of all that was, was to show that a true transformation needed to happen and it wasn't happening because of these things. So don't be led into a way that cannot lead to actual change of the heart. Come, 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 you know, stay, persevere in the way that can actually change the heart that makes all our, our, our fruit of righteousness, the working out of faith through acts of love for God and neighbor, stay in the way that actually makes that both possible and that makes that substantial and meaningful. So tonight, as we are approaching Lent here, that is the call for us too. It is a call to be contrite and to be sorry for the many frailties that lead us to divide our heart and our affections with God, but then also to recognize that God's good intention is to redeem us from those infidelities, those those divided affections where we have you know, flirted with people who don't really love us and instead to be returned to people, to the one who really does and shows us by going to the cross for us. And so as we approach Lent and are on our way to, the, to Good Friday and to Easter, uh, let's be called back. You know, let's be called back to that transformation of the heart, that deep interior work of Lent, that we might embrace with integrity the gift of resurrection that will be renewed to us in the Easter season. Continuing now with our intercession on page 590. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight. And thanks to Aliyah, my co-leader. I hope you all have a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank you, Father Hayden. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. Many thanks.